evidence and answers. A social topic that has been in the news recently is that of gender identity. We have heard everything from adding separate bathrooms to locker rooms in order to accommodate everyone, men, women, and those who are unsure what gender they are. Is this the new norm? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, Pat will interview Focus on the Families, Glenn Stanton, as they discuss the gender identity crisis. If you're unable to hear any of this message, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part one of his interview regarding this highly debatable topic. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we present compelling evidence for faith in Christ and provide biblical answers to the challenges of our time. Recently, states here in the United States are fighting bills regarding the use of bathrooms. It is being proposed that men can use the women's bathrooms and locker rooms, depending on what gender they think or feel they are. Recently, on May 9th of 2016, North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory proposed a law that requires people to use public restrooms and locker rooms according to the sex they were assigned at birth rather than the one they identify with. Lawsuits were immediately filed by U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch and numerous other organizations. Well, the issue at stake here is what defines a man and a woman? Well, to help us with this issue is Glenn Stanton. He's the director of the Global Family Formation Studies at Focus on the Family and a research fellow at the Institute of Marriage and Family in Ottawa, Ontario. He debates and lectures extensively on the issues of gender, sexuality, marriage, and parenting at universities and churches around the world. He served the George W. Bush administration for many years as the consultant on increasing fatherhood involvement in the Head Start program. He is also the author of a number of books on various aspects of marriage and families. His recent book, one I highly recommend, Loving My LGBT Neighbor, and another book that I refer to quite a bit, Why Marriage Matters, Reasons to Believe in Marriage in a Postmodern Society, and one of my favorites, Marriage on Trial, The Case Against Same-Sex Marriage and Parenting. Glenn Stan is a graduate of the University of West Florida with graduate degrees in philosophy and history, and he resides in Colorado now and works with Focus on the Family. So, Glenn, great to have you on the show. Well, Patrick, it's good to be with you. I'm honored to be a guest. Well, Glenn, you think there ever would have come a day where we have trouble defining what exactly a marriage is and now defining what makes a man and what makes a woman? Well, I mean... I mean, you nailed it. It's, it's a crazy, crazy day. But on top of that, I mean, we have the White House suing the state of North Carolina for being discriminatory. And so it's not even just that we are confused about this, but that the full weight of the federal government is coming down upon the governor and the, you know, House of Representatives and, and the Senate in North Carolina to say, hey, you guys better get with this. Essentially, this idea that there is anything such as a male exclusive and female exclusive bathroom, the White House itself, its Justice Department is saying that this is a discriminatory thing. I mean, how radical is that? And like you said, who ever thought that we would be here? You know, that's a bigger debate what you nailed on. 
it represents, you know, a significant shift in how we view male and female and exactly how do we define the genders here? Yes. Well, and, and I mean, for you doing and hosting such a great and important apologetic show, let's start with the theological angle here. We need to know that in the garden, Satan got Adam and Eve to doubt the Word of God. But we know in the very first page of Scripture, God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. In the image of God, he created the male and female. So on the first page of Scripture, that's where we encounter these two curious words, male and female. What do we know about them? We know that they uniquely image the nature and likeness of God in creation. So here we are in this age. Satan is not just getting us to doubt the Word of God but the very image of God in creation. Folks, this is not just about bathrooms and about safety. In the theological and spiritual realm, overall of this is Satan. He knows exactly what he is doing and exactly what he is challenging here. And the church needs to understand that as well. Yes, you know, the foundation of all societies is the family. And so... You know, I was thinking, well, we're attacking the basic structure of the family, but now it's gotten one step even more where we're attacking the very foundation of male and female, the very image of God. Well, and that, I mean, that is exactly right. And I mean, literally, you cannot overstate the significance and importance of that and how, I mean, it just doesn't disappoint God. It threatens him. Of course, nothing threatens God, but it's a challenge to God and to his very nature as he reveals himself in the world, again, through male and female. Male and female are not just physiological things or cultural constructs, as many of the gender studies people will explain. Male and female are divine things. And if you don't believe that, again, just read the first chapter of Genesis, and it says it right there. Well, Glenn, how did we get here? I mean, how do we go from... The traditional marriage to suddenly the inability to define what a marriage is to now the point where we're unable to define what male and female is. How did we get here in our culture? Well, they're all really interrelated because, you know, the change in marriage that we have seen proposed and happened because of the Supreme Court this year or last year, you know how time flies, is really a question of gender. Does it matter for marriage and the family to have a male and female? Or can it have two males, two females, or even beyond that? It is a challenge and a question of whether male and female matter. And now, on college campuses across the world, particularly in the gender studies department, we will be taught, and this is of course we know, that gender, that male and female are just simply what they call social constructs that we are male and female because our culture determines and dictates that girls will act this way and males will act this way. And if culture didn't enforce these constructs upon them, then, you know, people would just be people and wouldn't it be so much nicer? And so, you know, we come to the issue with Target and that's the philosophy behind, you know, that large retail chain saying, you know what, we're going to open our bathrooms up to anybody because essentially male and female are simply transparent or illusionary 
social constructs. They don't have any real meaning in real life. But what they fail to understand is that anthropologists, secular, even leftist anthropologists, tell us that there is a male and female nature in every single human culture at every time in human history that we have been able to look at, and that those males and females are generally similar to the males and females that we have in our culture today. Male and female are human things. They are divine things. They mean something, and they're not just merely cultural constructs. But that is exactly where all this has come from, is too many people believing the lie that, well, male and female are just simply cultural constructs. They're artificial and we don't have to obey those kind of natural law rules anymore, which we do, of course. So, Glenn, you know, tell me why this issue matters to all people. I mean, some people say, so what? What's the big deal? Let them live the way they want to live. I mean, what's the big deal here? Why should we be so concerned? Well, see, and that's the issue is let them live like they want to live. You know what? If, if your actions had no consequence upon me, then you know what? Maybe we could just live and let live, if you will. But we see this changing. I mean, our kids are going to be taught in school that, you know what, male and female don't really exist, that you see yourself as a little girl, but actually you can choose your own gender. Um, You know, that's not just keeping it to yourself. We see the practicality in North Carolina and in Target stores. North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, had a law that they passed that basically it's not just about transgender people, and I'll explain why this is. It's really about anybody, male or female, using any bathroom that they feel like they want to use, okay? That is a public thing. It's not just you do your thing and I do my thing. When, you know, my wife is in the bathroom with my daughter and, you know, a guy comes into that bathroom, their personal beliefs and personal behaviors come crashing down upon my wife and my daughter's, you know, convictions about life. And, I mean, that's a big thing. And that's the thing is, you know, well, it's, we heard that in abortion. Well, if you don't like abortion, don't have one. You know, it fails to recognize that all of our public actions impact each other and other people. Yes, Glenn, you know, and tell us, what are some of the consequences of having this whole gender identity confusion? What are the consequences it has on a society or a culture? You know, first of all, it gets our children and adults, for crying out loud. I mean, because we hear all these corporations and big business leaders, you know, saying, okay, we're boycotting North Carolina. They're buying into this idea that male and female don't really matter. And many people will think, well, you know, the transgender people, I mean, We should be compassionate toward them. We should be gracious towards them, not because they're transgender, but because they're human beings and human beings that are very confused, struggling with a lot of things. But these bathroom things are not really about transgender people, you know, being able to just use a bathroom. Two reasons. Let me explain that. First of all is there are, you know, kind of single-use bathrooms in so many places. You know what? Males and females can go in there. You're a transgender individual. You know what? Go use that restroom. But they will not accept that because in their mind, according to their politics, that is essentially, you know what, transgender people – 
go to your own special place. You identify as a woman yourself, but you cannot use the women's bathroom. Okay, so they'll say, well, gosh, I mean, we have to relieve ourselves. We have to use the bathroom just like anybody else. Don't we have that right? When you talk to them, you've got that option in the single-use bathroom. They say, no, that's discrimination. So immediately it has gone from the simplicity of just being able to use the bathroom and take care of your, you know, your natural human processes to politics. Say, no, we want the bathrooms we use to make a political statement. Okay, that's one of the big, big dangers here. The other is, okay, say you're a manager at Target and Target has now opened up their bathrooms to self-professed transgender people. Now, if I just walk in or Patrick, you walk into a Target store and you go into the woman's restroom and the manager says, excuse me, are you a transgender person? You have just violated my rights as a transgender person to have to answer whether I am transgender or not. You should just accept me for who I am. Therefore, the stores cannot even question somebody about whether they are transgender or not. And so basically what that means is folks at Target stores just tear those signs off the doors and both bathrooms are open to whoever wants to use them. And that comes down to, and this is the biggest point that your listeners need to appreciate, is there is no legal, psychological, or physiological, medical line or objectivity of what makes somebody transgender or not. Being transgender exists solely and simply in the mind of the individual who's making the claim. I mean, in fact, I could switch between genders six times, Patrick, during this interview, and if I am quote-unquote sincere about it, there is nothing you or anybody else can say to me to say, no, that's not true. So it's wholly subjective. I mean, it's interesting. People will ask me, okay, like Bruce Jenner, when did he legally switch to Caitlyn Jenner? You know, there is no line in terms of clothes you wear or body, you know, modification that you have to do. It just simply has to do with what the person declares themselves to be. That's the definition of just madness. Yes, you know, uh, Glenn, you know, what is it that determines gender today? I mean, is there any objective measure here? Well, many times we think about it, and, and you know, I, I debate this issue on college campuses all the time. And they'll say, Mr. Stanton, you seem to get sex and gender confused, in which, of course, I don't. I just refuse to see them as different. But they will explain Sex is what's between your legs. Gender is what is between your ears. You know, sex is what you physically are, but gender is what you understand yourself to be. So, you know, again, I can understand myself to be anything on any given day. And the gender police will say, you know what, that's legitimate. You have to honor his beliefs about who he is. And that's the other public thing is, you know, if we were to call Bruce Jenner he or Bruce, we would just be excoriated by the PC people for denying him his existence. Well, the public implications of that is they require us to go along with the illusion that Bruce is living under is Caitlin, that he actually is a woman. And we will be forced 
to do that. Um, and if we don't, you know, we will be seen as socially crude, inconsiderate goons who, you know, are just not nice civil people. And that's pretty radical. So that's the difference of, you know, where gender has come from. It's just pure theory. You don't find this in the biological sciences. You find it over in the gender studies department where sex and gender are different things. In the hard sciences, sex and gender, I mean, largely those two words are used interchangeably. Yeah, it seems quite obviously yeah, obvious to most of us here, you know, when you study the biology of the male anatomy and female anatomy, I mean, right away, obviously you can tell they're different. Do they still maintain that there is a difference or are, are they really trying to make the debate saying, no, they're actually the same thing? Or are we now saying, well, one can switch to the other? Well, see, that is a great question. And since this is all just pure ideology, meaning none of it is founded in science. Patrick, when I speak on college campuses, and I've never been challenged on this, I've expected to, but when I'm speaking on gender, I will say on this campus, there is a tighter connection between the body of knowledge over in the biology departments and the religion departments than there is between the biology departments and the gender studies department. I mean, we think about, you know, in the secular age, well, religion is just making things up. Oh my goodness, the gender studies people are just absolutely making it up. And so they get confused a lot. Let me, you know, just point out a couple of the inconsistencies now. You know, they'll talk about male and female being illusions. And, you know, they will deride, if you will, if, if you know, for Christians, the garden and eating the apple was the original sin. For the gender studies people, the original sin is only seeing humanity as binary, meaning there's only male and there's only female. They, you know, will tell you, oh, no, there's a spectrum of genders, you know, from male on one extreme end all the way through to female, and lots of people live in this in-between. Well, you think about that. Okay, you have the initials LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered. Bisexual, okay? They think that binary is so bad, but let's look at the word bisexual. Bi, binary, bicycle. You know, it's two. You know, bisexual, that you're only attracted to two genders, male and female, when actually they ought to, you know, change that word and say, well, no, that's too binary. That's too, you know, restrictive. Transgender as well. When you're denoting people who are transgender, they have this little language and it will be either MTF, the letters MTF, that's male to female trans, or FTM, female to male trans. What they don't recognize or refuse to recognize is that they are operating on a binary system there. You know, the trans person never trans to a third, fourth, fifth, or sixth kind of gender. It's always between male and female. So the trans folks themselves are inherently caught up 
in what the gender studies people say doesn't exist or is an illusion, and that's the binary idea. But they don't see these kinds of inconsistencies in what they believe. Another wonderful inconsistency is, again, think about this, and it's so obvious, and it's so obvious that they miss it, is, okay, this this basic presupposition that male and female are nearly or merely social constructs. Unless you're somebody like Bruce Jenner, then your femaleness is really something objective and truly who you are. And if you try to deny that to Caitlin, quote unquote, then you are violating who she is. So on the non-trans side, male and female don't really matter. They're just illusions. But on the trans side, oh, no, 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 this is naturally and genetically and, and the deepest sense of who this person is. Gender studies people, you can't have it both ways. But still, they have these great inconsistencies that they fail to recognize themselves. Yeah, so Glenn, you know, when someone says they are transgender, then, I mean, what exactly does that mean? Well, first of all, we need to know that, I mean, that is the big question. And you can nearly ask anybody who says they're transgender, and you will get different answers. First of all, there is not a medical or legal definition of what it means to be transgender. I mean, it's interesting. The human rights campaign, some of the gay organizations and gay rights organizations, go to their websites and look at the definitions they have. And just last week, I looked at transgender for HRC, the human rights campaign, one of the biggest gay lobbying groups. And they say that that gender is the sincerely understood but personal and private um, understanding of who you are related to your sexuality and your identity as male or female. So it is really wholly and completely, and I don't know if we've ever seen anything in culture that is more subjective than this whole transgender thing. You are transgender merely if you say you're a transgender. And I mean, quite literally, that's it. You don't have to change. I mean, it's it's not required that, okay, most of your clothes look like the other sex, that you have to have, you know, 40% of your body parts changed. I mean, you could present today, Patrick, and you, I've seen you, I've met you, you are a very masculine, rugged man, you know? You could just start saying, you know what, I am a transgender. And you don't have to give any reason, any explanation. According to transgender theory, just the declaration of that from yourself is all you need to declare yourself that way. And that's the big danger that people need to understand is that it's wholly, purely, solidly subjective. Yeah, Glenn, tell us, you know, why is that problematic that it's just wholly subjective? Why is that a problem? Well, first of all, I mean, if if the other side would admit that it's subjective, but they are presenting it as, and you know what, we have to respect people that are different. I mean, going to the islands and visiting you guys, as I did a couple weeks ago, you have a Hawaiian culture that you're proud of. It's something. If a native Hawaiian dies, the autopsy can show, you know what, this is a full-blooded Hawaiian person. Same thing with African-Americans, same thing with Italians, same thing with, you know, anybody throughout the world and Samoan, all those different types of things. But 
we will pretend to think, and it's forced upon us, as if transgender is the same kind of thing. Just as we respect other people's differences, we have to respect this person's differences. Well, you know what? Transgender is not a class of people. Transgender is not an objective thing that somebody is. It's something that they assume about themselves. It's something, I mean, it, it really is. I don't mean to be disrespectful or or insensitive, but it is a pretend kind of thing, you know? And they're not making it up and pretending like we pretend, you know, to be something when we're kids, but there is no objectivity in their physicality or even in their yeah, mental makeup that says, oh, yes, this is a transgender person. Again, it's just I am because I declare that I am. And some of the dangers, again, is like Target stores and the laws in North Carolina and North Carolina and public bathrooms. If the federal government has its way, you're just going to be able to walk into um, any state run facility and say, I can pick any bathroom that I am. And if anybody questions me, I'll just tell them, well, I perceive myself to be a woman. That puts lots of people, mothers, their daughters, their children at risk. And that is of great, great concern. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. Be sure to join us next time for the continuation of this exciting show. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Join us next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Mm -hmm.